0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Museum Life with Carol Bossert. Museums play an important role in our lives. Nearly every good-sized city has at least one museum. On today's show, we'll discuss how museums are not only important places to display artifacts and teach us, they also contribute to the economic development of the areas where they're located. Now, here is your host, Carol Bossert.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. This is Carol Bossert. You're listening to The Museum Life. You know, for uh, the past 12 weeks, uh, this show has been featuring guests that have been discussing ways in which museums are or can be of value to their communities. Uh, we've had guests that have talked about museums as, as places of powerful learning, uh, cultivators of curiosity. Uh, uh, several of the guests have talked about ways that museums can address the needs of their audiences by becoming more empathetic to their needs, by expanding their reach to include uh, groups or individuals who have not uh, uh, gone to museums before. And we've looked at uh, both physical barriers, such as having a desk, uh, an information desk, right as you enter the front door that may seem intimidating to some people, to psychological um, uh, barriers, such as uh, having too much uh, noise At the entryway that can be very distracting to some some visitors Uh, all of these discussions have really looked at the I have circled around the question of how museums can be of greater value to their communities we've always assumed in our discussions amongst ourselves that museums are of value. Uh, before I introduce, though, my, my guest today, I'd like to provide you some recent context for, and that really underscores the importance of the discussion that we're going to have today. There have... Um, been in the last couple of weeks a couple of articles that have appeared uh one by um that was in um the Financial Times on November one interviewed uh, Bill Gates talking about his uh, uh, approach to philanthropy, and one of the statements that Mr. Gates made was really questioning even the uh, the moral um, value, the uh, the importance of giving to, and then he used as uh, as an example an art museum a wing of of an art museum, and why, if someone was given the choice between giving to a wing of an art museum and perhaps uh, giving to an organization that uh, could address um, uh, 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 the issue of blindness, um, uh, why would anyone give to, to the museum? And uh, of course, many of us uh, in the museum community um, reacted negatively about about that. Uh, and then recently, uh, uh, Robert Reich and on his blog um, in November that was also picked up by the uh, Christian Science Monitor actually questioned the use of the word charity for uh, certain organizations and he then named museums and operas and and symphony halls and questioned whether they were the same kind of charity as say giving to um a homeless shelter or some other uh, uh, social agency, and more importantly, Mr. Reich uh, actually wa- wondered if uh, the same charitable uh, designation and tax deduction needed to be be made for people who were giving to museums and symphonies and operas, the same way that they were giving to those home- homeless shelters. Well, of course, um, both of these these uh, examples uh, cited museums in, in possibly not such flattering light. And as I said, those of us in the museum community reacted negatively. Uh, I would like to say there was a hue and cry. I think you know, in reality, there was the squeak of of us saying, "Well, you know, we are valuable. We are important. Uh, we tend uh, we we." Uh, uh rallied out all of our regular uh, uh discussion points all of our arguments that we're financial engines that we're important that we do good works that we we do things for children and teachers and others and um, i think the uh the take home message here uh is twofold and that is one the possibly the the Idea of philanthropic giving, giving to good organizations, giving to uh, uh, nonprofits, is changing, and it perhaps, uh, as exemplified by uh, Bill Gates and the Bill Gates and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, is that it's changing from a philosophy as something that's or a, a philanthropy that is good to do makes you feel good to something that uh, is more scientifically and data-driven. If you give to this organization, you know that they have a track record of using that money to make a very uh, specific and demonstrable change. Uh, the second issue is uh, getting back to what our discussion is going to be today, and that is how do museums show their value? Uh, I think we have a tendency as museum professionals to continue to simply assume that we are valuable. Uh, and, but when these, uh, statements are made publicly, and as I said, we sort of squeak along and say, how could anyone say that about our beloved institutions? We don't necessarily have a really good way of advancing our own arguments. And we uh, and our own justification, and we rely on again the justifications of others. Well, that was a little longer preamble than I usually take in these programs, but I wanted us to really understand <laughs> the importance and relevance of the discussion that we're going to have today. And I'm very pleased to have on our show today Mary Ellen Munley, uh, who is a colleague and a, f- a friend. She is the pr- uh, principal of MEM and Associates, a consulting group uh, based in Chicago, Illinois, although she has a... A national and international practice to looking at the uh, role of museums and how the uh, museums can enhance the lives of people in their communities uh, Mary Ellen has been uh, working in the museum field as a museum educator and an administrator evaluator uh, for over 30 years and she has uh, brings all of those experiences to her current work uh, today we're going to be talking to her about uh, some of the evaluation that she's done at the United States Holocaust Museum uh, and also the New York Hall of Sciences career ladder. Uh, Mary Ellen, again, forgive me for such a very long introduction, but I think that it'll give us a nice grounding for our discussion today. And again, really welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Carol. I'm delighted to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Mary Ellen, uh, what what do you take away from some of uh, the squeakiness and the discussions that have arisen within our museum community uh, in response to both the, uh, the Gates and the and the uh, Robert Reich um, uh, this, uh, articles?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, um, a meaty question to get us started. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I will jump right in. Um, for me... Um I think that uh, it would be too easy um for all of us to respond um, in a um, defensive co- way to these comments um and to what is really fundamentally i think a um, a revelation of what the perception of museums um, is in the minds of some people who are um, really worth listening to. Um, and what they say to me is that those of us who are inside these institutions and who know them well and have the opportunity to have them be an, an intimate part of our lives um, really are very privileged and that um, we are, I think, um, blinded to the fact that there are so few people who have the opportunity to have the art, history, um, science um, that is in these institutions be just woven into our lives. So the, it seems to me that um, m- much of the critique... Is being interpreted as, um, on some level, saying that these institutions aren't really um, needy and worthy enough of um, of of charitable gifts, um, and and we tend to interpret that as meaning that somehow folks are. Um, not seeing the value of these institutions. I, I think that's not the case. I think that if we listen just sort of a little bit um, below the surface and um, try to understand what is being said, I think that what's being said is that what has happened and we don't want to be too... Um, uh, sweeping in this comment, but I think that in terms of an overall perception, it's worth owning that um, that museums have moved themselves um, out of the public sector in terms of whom they are serving and what they are doing. And that's a rather um, bold statement to say they moved out of the public sector, but what what that is intended to communicate is that there are many individuals who benefit greatly from their interactions with museums. Um, The financial structure of museums, admission fees, the boards of museums, the content of much of the um, of the of the programming it it doesn't necessarily speak to um, the broader community and I think the public value and being part of the social sector has some responsibilities with it for being accessible to Anyone who would be um, inclined to want to participate. And so, mm-hmm. well, Mary Ellen, I, I think that's a very um,
2: that is a very bold statement. Um, I, I I think it's a very very good one to make. But I'm interested when you say that that uh, the museums have moved out of the public sector. In your mind, was there ever a time that museums really were in the public sector? That they were really addressing the needs of the majority of their communities or or have they always um, existed in sort of a peripheral um, peripheral to the community
3: well and 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 hearing your question I, I mean i I also think that it's important for us to or for me <laughs> to clarify that um, of course there are there are museums that work rather intimately with their with their communities, and um, I think we're in a um, in a time where we're in many ways some of the middle-sized and smaller museums and some of the museums that are in um, smaller communities are um, are far closer to being places that are serving their communities and working with their with their communities. But back to your question, I think that if you look at the history of museums, they're um, the the language um, and the intent when many of the even larger museums were first were first founded uh, certainly positioned them in the public sector. Um, it's always been a challenge for museums though the the, the two notions of um, you know sort of equity of access and and connecting the resources of the museum with the um, lives and interests of um, of people have been two challenges that have been um, part of the museum world from the beginning. And when I say sort of equity of access, it's um, it, the, when the Metropolitan Museum of Art was was founded, um, and with the intent that it would be it would be um, available to to all, and and I wouldn't question the um, intent of the founders that it would in fact be um, open and available to all. Um, and yet, there's you know a, a fabulous story about um, the fact that you know there was a dress code and uh, folks who were um, coming to the museum in. Um, in, some, in work clothes were, um, were, were not allowed to, to visit. Um, There's the, uh, sort of a hidden, not completely understood by the inside, I think, um, tendency to think that and operate as if museums are really for only some of us, not all of us.
2: I think then then, uh, going back to uh, uh, this idea of uh, what you said the the perception of museums is that uh, still after all these these years, after all of the good works i'm I'm assuming the museum Metropolitan Museum does not have an official dress code anymore. Right. these perceptions live on, and that as a museum community, we need to own our whole history. And
3: uh, acknowledge it and begin to
2: work beyond that
3: yeah I, I think so. Um, I think in some ways um, rather than um, being our own best um, friend in in this regard that um, much of our public policy conversation I think is um, positions us in the wrong place, positions museums in the wrong place. Um, when, and when I'm, we...
2: I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to have to take a break, and I, and I know that there's a... Uh, I, I don't want to cut you off further. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, uh, yeah. we're going to be talking further with Mary Ellen Munley about the social value of museums and how museums can work to change their perception in the greater society. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you.
1: You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Rhine and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Want to help make our world
0: a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety.
1: You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to radioshow at Verizon.net. Now, back to Museum
2: Life. Welcome back. Uh, this is Carol Bossert. I'm here today today with my guest Mary Ellen Munley, and we're talking about a subject that both of us feel very passionate about, uh, and that is the value of museums, uh, uh, making sure that museums really are moving toward becoming a part of, uh, continuing to be a part of the fabric of the entire community and uh, uh, the communities that they represent. And right before we went to break, Um, I had to cut Mary Ellen off a little bit. She was uh, talking to us about some of the ways that museums can get beyond what has become their, unfortunately, a perception um, rightly or wrongly uh within sort of a larger um, community or society our society that museums are for some of us but not for all of us that they they still tend to uh have a bit of an elitist um, uh, patina to them and mary ellen uh could you i i wanted to give you an opportunity to share a little bit more about how you think museums can
3: move beyond this perception. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Carol. Um, I was reflecting on some of our of our, um, our earlier um, conversation and my remarks, and and um, and even in your your introduction now about museums as sort of elitist um, institutions, and that's been an, an argument that many have put forward about museums, and um, there is some. Um, merit to it, and there 's also been a huge amount of work in um in many museums to um, be more more available um i don 't want to deny any of that um and it would be unfortunate if the next sort of step in this conversation that we 're all having were to you know bring out the list of but we do this program for um you know children in um, schools that um that have a um, uh, a free lunch program and we do this with our latino community and we do this with the with the um the homeless that's not the point i'm i'm, I'm um i'm making or where i'm thinking in terms of um, the role of museums in in our society what i um and, and others um, who are interested in this whole, whole public value issue um, are really um, paying attention to. I think is how is it that museums are themselves internally and externally talking about what their role in society is, and um, for um, the the larger public conversation, I think that there are too many of us who shy away from talking about what museums are and owning up to what they are um, in a way that hits the intrinsic value of these institutions and we've reverted to talking about the economic impact of the museum um within within its its community because we we have somehow learned that that's a language that um, many people um, who have been the supporters and the um, contributors to museums understand and and value. Well, you don't want to deny the fact that a museum needs to be um, uh, financially sustainable and that um, it needs to be... Well managed, but museums are not there for the economic impact that they bring to a community. And in the grand scheme of things, um, the economic impact pales in relation to um, people who are in the, you know, the business sector, for whom that is their raison d'être. Um, so that my my hope is that. There will be there would be more museums who could step up and step forward, and talk about their value in terms of some of the intrinsic things that are um, important to people, and to have the courage to do that, and to see if in fact that doesn't resonate. For example, um, the um, a study that we did with the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. Um, in Washington, D.C., from the time that they opened, they had a program for teens, um, and it is a relatively small program. There are maybe 15 to 20 um, teens from the from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area who participate in this in this program every year. And they, when they come into it, they then stay for maybe two or three years during that during their high school years. And the program was and is um, very important to in the lives of these young people who participate. Many of whom are African American um, youth from the D.C. area and the children of new immigrants to. The United States, and there was no questioning that that, that the that their lives were changed um, by their participation in these you know one to two years with the Holocaust Museum, where they had the opportunity to study the permanent exhibition, um, be on the inside of the institution, um, internalize for themselves what were some of the lessons. Of the Holocaust, and go through a cycle where they they really went through kinds of personal transformations, where they felt that now that they understood and knew this, they were compelled to um, to share it with others and to integrate um, the lessons into their own lives. And there, um, we had the opportunity to do a a, a long term. Um, benefits kind of study of the alumni of that program, and and to find that in fact this experience was one that 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 shaped them as people. Um, one young man said in a very simple but I think telling um, statement, he said, you know, the effect of that experience on me is I am who I am today because of that. Um, and we were able to trace how um, the, the effects of this experience with, with what the museum had provided led many, I mean, quite, quite a high percentage of these young people into careers related to human rights and justice and, um, and teaching. Teaching in formal institutions and doing things in their communities, and, and a good and a, and a remarkable amount of community and civic engagement. Um, anything from, you know, starting a um, a genocide club at their high school when they were still young, to um, working in their church communities um, around. Um, you know, bullying when they got to be um, a bit, a bit older. The fundamental idea about the importance of each person stepping up and contributing, and um, was is is just built into them from that experience. That's the power that many museums can have I think that's a story where of course the lessons of the Holocaust are um, profound but there are similar kinds of things in terms of if you, when you take some time to talk with with people about experiences that that people have had in in an art museum where they are sparked to, um, in some cases, to reflect on um, their own creativity and, and are emboldened to, um, to look at things in new and fresh ways in their own lives, whether it's in their home or in their work. There are big ideas and things that are really important to people. Um, that happen when they are in in museums, and when they are when they have the opportunity to connect themselves with these these resources, the collections, the content, the the the, the accumulation of what what has what has happened in the worlds of art, science, history, that we tend shy away from when we talk about what the value of museums is. We we've gotten entangled in talking about the value of them in terms of specific content learning. There's nothing wrong with that. And that and that is certainly important. But it's something that's 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 that that is sort of dictated from the perspective of the museum itself. And there again is nothing inherently wrong with that it's just we've tipped too far it seems to me or when we tip too far then we lose our own way in terms of museums of of, of holding on to what it is that is really fundamentally important to us as human beings because we have these, these historical records of um, of 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 humanity. Um, They are profoundly important, I would argue, for virtually everyone. And we, we need to continue to strive to allow more of that connection to happen and to be able to talk about it out in the the broader world and to not get um, captivated by the um, the languages and the um, indicators that um, that others want to um, to put on us
2: Yes, uh, Marianne, I am so glad you, you said that because I, I wanted to re, to reinforce that, uh, uh, for, for our, our listeners and, as well is that, you know, both examples that you cited, both, you know, justifying ourselves as economic engines or mm-hmm. justify our, justifying ourselves as content, uh, cognitive, uh, learning providers, mm-hmm. uh, those are other people's values, those are other people's Arguments that we tend to internalize, uh, as opposed to creating uh, our own values and uh, from from our from our knowledge and our intrinsic uh, uh, values, and saying this is who we are, this is how we judge ourselves, and this is how we want you to judge us uh it reminds me of um, you know as a as a, as a working scientist um, you know one doesn't just go into the laboratory and uh get ga- uh, uh, gather a bunch of data or uh, um, uh do a bunch of experiments and then come up with a question one comes up with a question one has a hypothesis one says this is uh given this this uh, this will happen if this is my hypothesis, and then I collect data to either prove or disprove or validate my hypothesis. And it seems that in this day and age where um, uh, the Bill Gateses of the world are uh, expecting that there, there are data that will show impact uh in in similar ways um you know uh how how many uh, children were were vaccinated against polio um how how well the vaccine managed to make it uh you know through the jungles um in in unrefrigerated containers these are all very quantitative measures of a question that he has identified and that's where museums seem to fall short is it or as you said to be be sh- to shy away from uh, setting their own agenda.
3: Yeah, I mean that, that's a um, a very sort of complicated um, statement that you just made. I think Carol, and it's um, and this is an area that I think um, many of us are, are 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 still developing how to be able to talk about it with some consistency and with some clarity. And what I'm getting at is this notion that. You know, people are asking for particular data. And maybe, um, we, uh, seem to be saying maybe there's not concrete data, um, that can demonstrate some of the intrinsic values that, um, that museums have. And yet, um, you know, when we even look at the example that you gave about, you know, the number of children who are vaccinated, um, you know, it, it's not that what the desire was there necessarily is to vaccinate children. What it is is that there's this sort of knowledge that the vaccinations are going to be really important to public health and to the well-being of these children um, in in their lives. And so, um, it's it's the what what happens in the world of Let's say public health or the world of poverty. Um, Gates, you know, is, is, is saying he's, he wants to do something about world poverty. He finds a, an indicator of something that does seem to make a difference and he focuses there, but he links it back to the importance of what is, what that's doing in terms of public health or in terms of poverty. That's the link, I think, that that is, from my observations, missing in terms of some of the public dialogue about museums. So that that jump that that we might take that would have us be able to talk about one of the things that, you know, museums are, um, in in many ways, distinctly um, um, able to do is to bring people from a variety of different perspectives and worldviews. For all the critique I have of it not being enough, (laughs) there's there's still, um, and there could be more, of bringing people from different perspectives together around a common um, um, experience, the experience of um, a particular um, exhibition or the experience of um, a particular program. And, and 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 the opportunity to understand how we are um, similar and different from one another—that's a really important thing. And that the you know the the concept for it of of social capital um, is a really important piece of what museums can and could be doing. Um, and if we could you know own that. As a kind of outcome, the things that and that that we would look then for evidence of how people are in fact bridging across different perspectives, or or finding ways to um, to bond and to feel connected and a part of a community. Um, those are really essential things that that happen um in museums and we don't talk about them enough and so it's it's not so much i don't think that it has to be you know quantifiable data but there has to be that link where you're looking at the particular things that you're doing as a museum and you can and you can follow that argument all the way to the direction of things that might be related to um You know, social capital, or to, um, you know, dedication to to human rights, um, link it to, um, you know, capacity for um, for creativity, and then all the way back down in the other direction to, and what are the what are what's the evidence that we see? What are the indicators that that in fact is happening?
2: I. I uh, Thank you, uh, Mary Ellen. You unpacked um, uh, very clearly some of the thoughts that I was, was, uh, uh, was uh, garbling together. Uh, we're going to take a, a very short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue uh, what I think is a very valuable conversation with Mary Ellen Munley. Remember, uh, you can always reach me at carolbossertservices.com to continue this conversation after the program, but we'll be back in a minute.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio,
3: voiceamerica.com.
1: Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787.
2: Thank you for calling.
1: VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radioshow at Verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life.
2: Welcome back. Um, I'm Carol Bossert. I'm here with Mary Ellen Munley. We're in the final uh, segment of our show today, uh, looking at the the value of museums. And before I forget, um, I want to make a point. Um, Mary Ellen made it very well in the last segment, and I want to make this point as well, is that neither one of us uh, are suggesting that museums are not valuable, uh, that there are thousands of museum uh, uh, examples of where museums are expanding into uh, helping individuals, uh, helping really creating transformative experiences, breaking down barriers between themselves and their immediate communities. I think the trouble is that uh these examples are not readily known by a larger uh segment of our society and that often um, we as museums tend to be responsive and reactive um, i think that's make- that makes us what we do uh best, um, being responsive to our audiences. But at times, in this broader conversation, it means that we can't get on top of the dialogue. And we allow others to uh, uh, make statements about who we are and what our value is. And we sort of go along for the ride. Uh, and that, I think, is to our detriment. So... This is not a criticism, but uh, this is a wake-up call because we are valuable organizations and institutions, and we need to take this as a wake-up call so that we can do better and uh, continue, uh, to, that allows us to continue the uh, successes that we have made and expand those successes. Um, Mary Ellen, I know uh, you have you have published so much in this field, and I think that the work that you do is so very valuable. And I would say uh, again, perhaps a little underappreciated, in that we really aren't uh, using you to help us define uh, what our value and what that what that language, what that value language should be. Um, I know that you have uh, a recent publication uh that is coming out or it has been published uh by um Ashgate in Surrey, England, uh edited by Carol Scott. The book is Museums and Public Value Creating Sustainable Futures. And you have a great uh chapter in this book. Could you tell us a little bit about uh um, that chapter and your um, uh your frame framework there.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yes and 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 the book is available if if folks are interested um and Carol has done a great job Carol Scott of um <clears throat> gathering people um, from a, a, sort of a great international group to sort of take on some of this um, conversation my my piece in it was uh, a a chapter on um, how we might approach evaluating public value um, in how um we would look at it both in terms of its the strategy and the and the practice of it, and um, the the intent there is to um, let a um, a museum own from um, from the beginning um, what it sees as its um, its contributions to the larger community in terms of um, larger public um, value, which is um, sort of defined as um, things that really contribute to a shared sense of what is um, in the in the best interest of the <clears throat> of all of us, and then what's in in sort of in public what's the pub Public good that comes from um, from the work of museums. That's different from what what are the benefits of museums to um, to individuals, and that's why um, we are, I think, a bit stumbling with the language, though um, we know some of what it's about. We've talked about a couple of them. Um, you know, things that relate to. <clears throat> um, Tolerance and things that relate to um, a sense of um, belonging and connectedness with other people, things that relate to um, feeling a, 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 a sense of stewardship for the planet. Um, those are things that that are sort of a shared values um, that are of um, larger interest. To the whole of the community, and that's where this this conversation about public value is um, is anchored. In how can museums talk about talk about that and be able to demonstrate that that's some of what they're contributing to? Um, an, an example of a museum that's um, that's doing this would be the Monterey Bay Aquarium, where in addition to um, what happens with um, with with visitors to the aquarium itself in in Monterey, um, they really pay um, a good deal of attention to what role they have in informing people as citizens and in um, people's decisions about um, their um, their um, their lifestyles. That contribute to the planet, and they and they track that, and they have um, some evidence of people who use their SeaWatch card, for instance, in making choices about what um, what fish they will purchase or or eat. Um, that's something that 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 institution takes on um, very seriously, and and has linked that sort of experience with. The live animals there at at the aquarium, and the statement that that institution makes about the importance of this in our lives, and of that of that bay in um, in on on the on the planet, and and has made the full connection from individuals to the larger social impact. Things would be larger social conditions would be different if the Monterey Bay Aquarium didn't exist and that's the kind of argument that I think um, we want to try to make and what this chapter is about is is sort of starting to cl- to um, lead toward how do we um, link and find focus for our evaluations that are um, bolder than than we've been doing and that look not just at the benefits to individuals, but look at that larger social sphere in terms of the role that museums are playing and the evidence that you can put together to demonstrate that that's happening. And if we turn to the social sciences, um, there is um, quite a bit that that we can learn and borrow. We just haven't dipped into that world quite as, as much. There are uh there's been a you know considerable work on ways to uh find um indicators and evidence of social capital there have been there are ways to, to demonstrate and to and to provide some evidence about um civic engagement there are um you know those those are things that we can be um looking at and paying and paying attention to I think
2: so, so these are some of the examples of what you had said before of of how
3: museums
2: can link to those those broader mm-hmm. uh, uh, areas, as, as you put it, of social good mm-hmm. and broadening our research base a little mm-hmm. bit to uh, to under to try to understand work. Uh, being done and build upon uh the bodies of work being done in uh the social sciences mm-hmm. in uh, sociology psychology mm-hmm. um, and and others that are probably uh have have always been in the realm of trying to measure what to some seem Unmeasurable or mm-hmm. squishy, you know, mm-hmm. what we used to call mm-hmm. squishy data, but it, but in fact are, are those indicators that are extremely necessary as, as we continue to live into this next century of what it means to be human and what it means to be a member of a, of a global society. Right. And, and, and
3: the role that museums play in that, because I think they do play and they have the capacity to play A huge role in that. Um, mm -hmm. No, I was going to say. I think the other point that that is is
2: is, I wanted to underscore with your example of the Monterey Bay Aquarium Mm -hmm. is that they take a stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it has, uh, become a, a stand that has international impact. Uh, I see this Monterey Bay, uh, aquarium fish guides and shellfish guides mm-hmm. wherever I travel and you can mm-hmm. now get an app for it so it's all, always there for you. And that is because I think that they are an institution that was not afraid to make a stand and they didn't hide behind, uh, a, you know, a, a philosophy of being Unbiased. Uh, I mean, they're very clearly biased toward a safer uh, environment and uh, a, a cleaner um, marine environment, whether it's the Monterey <laughs> Bay uh, or or whether it's the Chesapeake Bay or the Pacific Ocean, because it's all connected.
3: Well, and I think that's why we call it public value, I and mean, both public and value mean something very. Very important it's it's not so much that that there's a bias I would argue it's that they're there the you know sort of taking care of our um, planet and world not um, is is something that of that you can find a vast group in um, in society that's something we value we have a shared sense that that's something that's important and and the working toward making more of that happen is is the, the realm of public value you can't do it alone you have to do it in in um, coordination and collaboration and uh, of others who who value the same thing um, and that's what gives you the the capacity um, to be able to to do the work and to and to advance it. But, again, I think that we could, um, we could do ourselves a lot of favor if we didn't see this all as, oh, well, we're advocating a position, rather than finding where's our anchor in terms of what are some of the things we all value um, collectively and what is it that uh, a particular museum is doing that um, makes more of that happen.
2: Mary Ellen, I think you, you've, you've said it so well. Um, we need to find our anchors. And uh, with that, I'm going to close the show today. Mary Ellen, thank you so very much for, for joining me. Um, uh, remember to look for her chapter in Museums and Public Value, Creating Sustainable Futures. Um, I have been thrilled to be this host for the last 13 weeks, and I'm looking forward to another year of hosting the Museum Life. Uh, please remember that you can always visit me at Carol Bossert's .com to continue the conversation. Mary Ellen, I know you and I will be continuing our conversation as well. This Thanks is Carol Bossert for the Museum Life.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to Museum life. Please join your host, Carol Bossert, again next Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. With the weekend coming up, why not plan a trip to your favorite museum or one you've never been to?